0: Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So I think we have a uh, kind of an idea for a series, or at least a, a theme for for today and possibly following uh, episodes. What, what you got for us? Um, yeah, I, it occurred to me
1: that uh, we have never done a, a series on something that we've discussed many, many times, which is the mutual learning model. Um, it, we did a series on its cousin, if you will, or its evil twin, the unilateral control model. And of course, we we'll put links in the show notes to those past episodes where we talked about how to fail by acting unilaterally.
0: Yep, that was fun. We got to pretend to be evil.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was a lot of fun. And uh, um, but I thought it, it, as as much fun as that was, it would might be even more helpful. To people if we were to come and talk about the positive side, um, which is the the mutual learning model and how to actually succeed and avoid that sort of disaster. So I thought we'd start today. And we're going to be, I think, tracking through some of the information that uh, people can find and something else we'll put in the show notes, which is the Eight Behaviors for Smarter Teams white paper, uh, which is another resource we've, we've referenced several times.
0: Indeed. Only 12 pages, not hard to read. You could fit it into your commute. Uh, highly recommend it as an introduction to some of the kind of a, a summary of many of the different techniques we often allude to in these podcasts.
1: Yep. Uh, so it's a good for your community as long, of course, you're, you're not driving. No. Not the driving
0: kind, the, the European kind in a train.
1: Yep. That, that's right. Then if you, if you have the other kind, you might put off listening to the podcast, which we're, we'll cover it effectively over time. And we're starting with the the core values. And I think when we talk about this, Saying about where this mutual learning model comes from, can you can you tell us a little bit about uh, Chris Argyris and Action Science?
0: Uh, sure. So um, uh, I first came across Argyris's work when someone we both know and like very much, Benjamin Mitchell, w- was telling me that there was a there were scientific ways of figuring out how to make decisions better, and I was all ears because I certainly was not making very good decisions and. The idea that there would be things you could test and that would be scientific for how to act in an organization was music to my ears, and that sounded really helpful. So... One way to define Argyris, who is a um, recently died uh, uh, but for all of his career was a uh, organization theorist, so uh, someone who studied organizations, studied businesses and how they made decisions and uh, One way to summarize his work is to say that he found things that you can try yourself and prove yourself just like you can drop a ball and discover gravity and you can get some magnets and notice they get pulled together, you can, you can test these things yourself. And the um, methods that he suggested lead to better decisions. That's the argument.
1: And I think then you've, we've both had a chance to put that uh, to the test. I think we both agree that in our experience, we, we do think we get uh, better decisions uh, from
0: these approaches. Absolutely. And it's part of the reason for having the podcast is we'd like to help agile teams make better decisions and we talk about uh, topics last, just last week. We talked about how maybe it would be a good idea to talk to some humans instead of uh, theorizing about the business that's informed by some of the values that we're about to talk about.
1: Absolutely. And in the way this model works is that Argus would say that when people observe what they produce at the end as behaviors, and um, these behaviors are rooted in assumptions that people make. And those assumptions come from their values. And uh, that's his model. And if you have the right values, then you'll it will lead to the right assumptions, which in turn will lead to the right behaviors, which is why, well, even though it's called eight behaviors, and that's the focus, that's kind of a place to to start to understand the model, I think it's helpful to know what values it's rooted in. And that's that'll be the topic today. Now, there's a, a good chance that as we record this on an Easter Monday, that uh, we, we may find ourselves not getting through the five core values. Um, in which case we'll, when we get to a good stopping point, we'll cut it off and, uh, and, and come back with a, a part two or even a part three. We'll see how long it takes us to get through these core values. Excellent. The first one we'll name them all. Then we'll kind of get into, um, details of each good plan. The first one is informed choice. The second one is accountability. The third is transparency. The fourth is curiosity and the 5th is compassion. Now that's the order that we've selected because, you know, I I think there's a story to this. So that's where we're going to start with the first one of informed choice. You you kind of alluded to this with the appeal of action science was the idea of making Better decisions,
0: yeah, but wait a second, Jeffrey. I, I mean, I already subscribe to all those values, so you know, I, I don't really need to listen to the rest of the podcast, right? Because because I <laughs> I already believe these things. I mean, informed choice sounds sounds good. You know, I'm really transparent. I'm I'm awfully curious, and I have tons of compassion for other people, especially when they agree with me. Um, so uh, you know, do, do I really need all these values? It seems seems like I already believe in them.
1: Well, that's <laughs> it's a, a great question, and uh, what it does prompt is that in general, when we lay out the values, um, everyone uh, says they agree, and uh, Argyris has a term for that. Actually, it's espoused a, a uh, theory. Everyone uh, if you said, what's your theory for making the most effective decisions, making the best use of, of everyone's collective knowledge? Everyone would say, well, yeah, get everyone's opinions, get everyone's views, get all their facts, get them all together, and of course that will get you... Uh, the best decision
0: and, and if you turn it around it's very easy to hear why nobody would say the opposite nobody would consciously say what i do is i just overrule everybody because i know best and um i, I don't <laughs> i don't care whether they uh are committed to it um i don't care whether they understand i'm not really curious about other ways of doing it and i certainly don't have any compassion if you said all those things <laughs> then you would you would that sound ridiculous and and people would not espouse that theory yes but if you go watch their actions something else
1: yeah, what we get then is is uh, what just describes as theory in use. So he says there's this gap between the espoused theory and the theory in use. In a sense, hearing about just hearing about these values, odds are that everyone hearing listening to them will say, "Of course, I agree with those." Later on, we'll come up with the idea of where um, the behaviors and the assumptions that follow from this make sense and. Overall, my experience is that as we lay these things out step by step, it's all very convincing. And the challenge comes in actually the execution.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We, we recently did a uh, podcast on uh, the four R's, which we said was uh, how you improve your skill uh, from experience. And, and we uh, talked about that because we said it's, it's not enough to just know the theory and uh, that you really will need to learn from your experience and practice. Uh, I think I remember you. You said someone had said a uh, scroll. Uh, yeah, just you explained all this to me, and it was like uh, uh, getting a lecture on on kite surfing.
0: Yep, <laughs>
1: doesn't help you to kite surf. Does not help you to kite surf. You might understand the mechanics of kite surfing better, but you can't produce the behavior.
0: Taking off is unlikely. Um, crashing is much more likely. That's
1: right. But now that said, when it comes around to to understanding what actions you want to be producing, theory is still important. And that's why we're doing this series is because while we've talked about different situations, I thought it'd be useful for us to take the time to lay out the actual model so people were grounded in theory so that when it comes time to do the practice, the four R's, then uh, they can uh, apply it successfully and and by that I mean they can understand the gaps between what they're doing and what they'd like to produce and then uh, able to improve their action.
0: Sounds good. Should we start with the first one?
1: Uh, I, I think let's get into it, in, in informed choice here. Um, th- that's the one I thought it was best to start with because it goes back to this idea of what's our personal motivation for uh, being excited about this uh, mutual learning model stuff. For me, I had a, a very uh, a key uh, moment in history and case study, uh, which is something that I have in mind that I want to avoid, which was the Challenger disaster when that uh, 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 space shuttle blew up on the on the uh, cold morning when the O-rings failed. And I know this is uh, also a case study that you've used as well. Uh, even on the podcast, we've discussed the uh, Feynman appendix to the to the report that was written up.
0: It is chilling reading, especially when you remember what happened to the people who died in the disaster. It's, it's chilling to, to read how much information was available in the organization, but that didn't inform a choice. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that, when I think of what's motivating me, I have in mind
1: that uh, that uh, uh, when they were making the decision about whether to go ahead or not, and they, they knew it was that the conditions were unusual and it was worth actually asking the question that organizationally they failed to use the information that was there in the organization and so for me personally as a team member as a leader wherever i'm in the organization i want to be part of an organization that uh, you know we may make mistakes we will have certainly have failures but i would hope that we as far as possible can avoid making mistakes when there's information that we have in house you know in the team that would have uh, allowed us to make a better decision
0: Absolutely. And uh, you can turn that around the way we were before and think about um, whether there were people at NASA who were actively opposing informed choice. Was there anybody who said, ah, don't need to listen to those engineers. They don't know anything. They, they might have built the thing, but they don't understand how to launch it. So uh, we, we don't don't show us your PowerPoint. We won't look. That's that's not what happened. Um, you can read Feynman on that and you can read about it and you can use your common sense. It would be very, very strange for someone to... Um, to actively espouse when deciding whether to launch an experimental rocket with a teacher on board for them to espouse um, not having informed choice. But it would also be strange, and Jeffrey, we've seen enough organizations and enough Agile teams and, and other groups before to know that it would not at all be surprising for a team that espoused informed choice to not produce it.
1: Yes, exactly. And, and that's, the, that's to me was the haunting part, uh, which is <clears throat> we have such a high-profile uh, example where that shows that clearly that well-intended people can um, produce this uh, bad behavior. So what would keep me safe from it? And, and that is what uh, really drove me to want to learn more about how I could and how my organizations that I, I work with could Avoid this failure mode,
0: mm-hmm. and we're unlikely to blow up any rockets. Uh, <laughs> you and me in the in the type of work we do, but we we can certainly have some pretty negative effects. We can have uh, security breaches and uh, downtime that affects thousands or millions of users, and lots of other ca- pretty pretty bad catastrophes. And we'd like to avoid those. And the theory you and I have is that if we not only value informed choice but use the techniques that we talk about and that Argiris originated to produce informed choice, we'll get that information. And, th- and that goes to all the values, but that's why you, I think why you wanted to start with this one, because it's such a motivator. Is that right? Uh, yes,
1: exactly. And it, in fact, it, so it's the, it, this is the thing that will motivate me to do the difficult work to uh, adopt the other values and put, to put them into practice
0: makes sense. So we've only got a few more minutes. I I did predict that we might only get to one of these. So I think I might win the bet, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) Did we want to give our listeners any examples? I I can think of one example, but I'm not sure it's great, of of good behavior here. So we we have the example of the Challenger disaster, which didn't work out very well um, because not only the the organization tried to value informed choice, but didn't behave in accordance with that value. What would good look like? Because I think that's one of the challenges our listeners often have is they've they've not been in an organization that functions this way.
1: Hmm. I, I, you know, I think that we can we can uh, we, we can have personal examples, and we can also find ones that are out there in the zeitgeist. One thing that comes to me is that there has been a move to uh, organizationally, especially among agile teams, for about people to ad- adopt more open ways of working. Uh, which I think fit well with informed choice. And one of the models that comes to mind for me is the, uh, in the book, um, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. They talk about one of the, imp- the importance of mining for conflict. Um, that's a, a particular phrase they use as a as, as important to get um, the best possible decision. So I think that's something that has an idea that other people might've come across and then, uh, said oh yeah okay so we and i want to connect these things So if we want informed choice well then we'll need to mine for conflict mind for those areas we disagree and so personally it can be as simple as saying um here is what we have um, what we're proposing or here's what we've decided and um you know we're asking now if, if other people have information that would inform our decision or even more fundamentally we're considering a decision on this subject but uh, we haven't yet decided what information do people have that might be relevant? And this is something that we try to make part of, at at TIM, part of our regular practice, where when people are, are proposing a change to the design or architecture or a project, that they share the design document or a technical write-up um, broadly so to get as much input as possible.
0: And uh, just for anybody who's not following or not a long time listener, Tim is the organization that uh, Jeffrey is CTO of. So uh, you're referring to the, the way that Tim uh, uses, that the Tim, the company uses this um, informed choice value to uh, drive those kinds of decisions. Is that right?
1: Yes, that, that's right. And of course, you and I often put this into practice when we work on our podcast, um, and even something as simple as uh, how much time do we want to spend on on today's podcast? <laughs> That's yep. something where where we will work together and bring uh, all of the information we each have, uh, some of it personal and some of it some of it shared, uh, to help make a decision.
0: And we have one example where we're actually going to be working together, Jeffrey, on uh, training in an organization that used to be more joint in its design, but they've come back. I did some coaching for them a few, some years ago, and they said, Squirrel, can you come back and, and maybe bring your friend Jeffrey and, and talk to us and retrain us in how to do exactly this kind of joint design work so that our, our teams can mine for conflict in a productive way? So, one, one thing that was motivating us to think about. Um, these topics was preparing that training, which we'll be doing probably mentioning a few times on the podcast because it's uh, consuming our minds and uh, something that we're preparing for. Uh, and we may pick up some examples from them as I go back and re-encounter them after uh, four years away. Uh, I'll be interested to see what's what's stuck and what hasn't and, and what we need to help them with. But I imagine that we will cover um, some areas where they are making decisions in a more unilateral way without consciously jointly designing them and suggesting ways they can do that better. So uh, listen out for, for more suggestions in that direction. Okay, should we stop there, Jeffrey? Did you have more on informed choice?
1: I think we're, we're at a good time. And one of the, the elements of informed choice, that uh, that were one of the inf- pieces of information that inform our choice here is we've had feedback from uh, several listeners that they appreciate that our episodes uh, fit within a, a reasonable commute window.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, then I think we should listen to that, participate in the joint design of the length of the podcast and continue with uh, 15, 20 minutes as our target. Okay. So uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. If you're um, struggling with informed choice, if you have a team with great informed choice and joint design happening all over the place, we'd love to hear about that. Or if you have questions about how to make it happen uh, in your team, feel free to get in touch. That's troubleshootingagile.com, and you'll find email and Twitter and all the usual kinds of things there for getting in touch with us. We also really appreciate it when people click the subscribe button in their favorite podcast app of choice, because that way you get to hear from us every Wednesday when uh, we put one of these out. So uh, we'll be back next Wednesday, I suspect, going on to accountability and maybe more of the mutual learning core values. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Graw.